along to Scoreline Extra. This is the podcast that brings you some of the interviews that we conducted on our KCLR weekend show, Scoreline. Action Pack Weekend, we brought you four live games from Camogie Football to Hurling, Carlo in action and Kilkenny in action. We'll be hearing from Brian Cody and Darren Gleeson in relation to the Kilkenny versus Antrim game, Shane Ryan and Niall Carew in relation to the Carlo football game, and Brian Dowling and Adrian O'Sullivan in relation to Kilkenny's victory over Dublin in the Camogie. Gerald Walsh joins us from Thomastown Camogie to talk about the Camogie Association's decision not to run a 2020 club championship series. We chatted soccer with Carlow District League and Kilkenny District League. Tom Mullins and Brian O'Reilly, both secretaries of their respective leagues. 17-year-old Brogan McAvini joins us to talk about his 100k for May, along with Kevin Hennessy, who will be talking all things Greyhounds. Up first, here's the post-match audio from Kilkenny versus Antrim, and of course, we're going to start with Brian Cody. Yeah, I mean, we all saw Antrim last weekend against Clare, how, how good they were, really were. And they were, they were really, really good today as well. We came, out, came in today expecting a really tough, competitive game. We got it and we came out to the right side of it. To look, I mean, we had, we had a, a small bit of a cushion of a lead and then suddenly the game was level. So that was asking really good, serious questions to the team. And the response was good. We went back six up pretty quickly and, uh, and we finished it off okay. Look, I mean, you, kind of, you can't just go out and decide we're going through this, we're going through that. You, you play the game that's in front of you. And if opportunities were there at one part of the game, the same opportunities weren't there for the whole game. It's a question of players doing what, giving the best ball at the time and, and working, working ahead. But I mean, also at times, the opposition is always going to get a bit of momentum and, and, and kind of lost things for a while and sort of hanging in there and getting back. And, and I thought the lads did that well. Some really, really excellent hurlers. Good enough to be in this division. There's no, no, they've played two league matches in the, and they've won one game so far. So we're a serious, serious team. Brian, we mixed the good with the bad. The good being, I suppose, a goalkeeper called Darren Brennan who was very helpful in the first half when Antrim were coming at us. Well, Darren made two great saves in the first half. One really, really good, kind of a pine plank one and made a great save in the penalty as well. But, like, I mean, that's, we realise how good Darren is. You know, we have two very, very good goalkeepers there. And, I mean, Darren today really, really was impressive. Wexford had a good win today. Came back, I'm not sure you know that, came back against Clare today. That'll make an interesting battle here next weekend. Yeah, obviously I don't know who won that game. Obviously I know Wexford now, but um, I looked. I mean, I mean again, Wexford is going to be a serious, serious battle for us, and is here next next weekend. And again, it's a great match to get. Do you think um, last week's result for Lantern was say against Clare? Did that give them an extra bit of pep in their step when they come down here today? Oh, sure, naturally. I mean, that would have meant a lot to them, you know. Um, sort of, they're up, they're up in the top division now, having come from, the, from a lower division in that. And I mean, they're really working really well and really impressive. You can see the attitude they have in the field. You see the skill and everything else about them. So, naturally enough, and then they saw they had victory in their sights here today as well. So, the lads did very, very well to kind of to kind of come out the right side of it. I know the lads have already said about Darren's penalty save in the first half, particularly, but the, the, the sin building as well. I mean, puts you down to 14 men. I mean, but yet the, the lads didn't really look kind of under that much more pressure, just the way that they played, kept the composure. Yeah, well, that was hugely important, obviously, like, it was a question of everybody getting together and everyone doing the extra bit of work. And obviously, going on to 14 men is something we don't want to be happening. Right, just to finish, should we be worried about TJ Reed's absence today? No, TJ's okay, a very, very slight tightness in the grind, that's all. Thanks, Brian. Darren Gleeson, I know I might be repeating myself, but have to be happy enough with that performance. Yeah, well, it's happy enough with the second half the way we played, Adrian. You know, we never got to the we never got to the level of it in the in the in the first half. You know, Kilkenny came with a ferocious pace earlier on, and geez, the running off the ball was phenomenal. Their support play and the pressure that they put on us, we never got to the level. And uh, when second half when we reset, we got a we got a handle of it. I thought uh, you know we um, made a better account of ourselves. Did you change your style though in that second half? To when Kilkenny went to fourteen men, it seemed as if you went and started playing a short game. Or were... yeah, we sort of tried to try to work it through the lines a bit better. Like we have been trying to do that, and that's what's been been good for us. And there there was times there when we panicked and we lumped a bit of ball. And like down Podrick Walsh and you Lawler and these lads, you know what's going to happen. Like first half. He had two great chances. You know, I was like to have a good goalkeeper, He's a good and have a, and, and have a, an understudy maybe as well. But Antrim had two clear chances of goals, and Darren Brennan had a huge influence in that first half. Yeah, he He had two massive saves, didn't he? Yeah. He's very comfortable on the ball as well, like Owen. Like you know, Brian has great options there with those two lads. But his um, Ty's penalty save was phenomenal. You know, to get down that low to it. Yeah, they were high in confidence, but like I suppose. Uh, when you co- when you come to Nolan Park, there's a pressure on you. But you kind of there's nearly you put a pressure on yourself. It's the same as 
you know, it's just that little aura. And the lads, you know, they felt that in the first half. And Kilkenny are well able to drive that home, and they did it. But then I suppose they realised, yeah, we have an opportunity here, and they just had to just had to bring a bit of work rate. They didn't work very hard in the first half, lads, in comparison to the Kilkenny lads. But Darren, to be fair to you and, and Tantrum, and not, and I know you haven't looked for an excuse all along. But you got in cars this morning. Some of these lads at six o'clock this morning. It's a long journey from Antrim to Northern Park without a break. No, jeez, we didn't. We were down last night. Oh, good man. We were, jeez, we were down last night. We were, we were well looked after. No fear of us. So the, the legs were fresh. We, we don't need any excuses going back up the road. Yeah, we got no excuses on the field today, and we're not looking for them either. You know. Yeah. But it's a big learning curve, lads. We had three or four chances there for goals. You have to take them. You know, when Kilkenny are putting up one twenty-seven or twenty-eight, whatever they finished with, you know, you're going to have to go at goals to, to finish in the game. Oh, it's massive! Yeah, we we you know we learn. We, we look after the game. It's very hard, and you can be reactive to how you're to how you're feeling on it. But like we will sit down in the middle of the week, uh, look through this, and get ourselves ready for Dublin again next weekend. Darren, just strength and depth of a panel, and Antrim, to be fair, may not have a strength and depth. But to be fair, you brought in one or two lads. Mightn't they look at the fishes men in the world? But the cause of consternation for us with the high ball the last twenty minutes. I had look, we've big, you know, you've big strong men. We're able to mix it up at different times. You need them, you know. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of lads that pulled on the black and amber. We're big strong men too, and we're able to we're able to get the scores on the yeah. board and that. So, um, you know, every player has a role. Um, I think our lads are. I think our panel may be a bit, a bit stronger. Maybe we have to use it a bit more. You know, coming out two weeks in a row with the same team, maybe it's a learning curve for me as a manager that uh, maybe we should have freshened it. Brian freshened it and uh, he got the answer. Brian Cody and Darren Gleeson there talking about the Kilkenny versus Antrim game. We're going to keep things with a Kilkenny theme as Brian Dowling caught up with us after Kilkenny defeated Dublin. And Adrian O'Sullivan, Dublin manager, also spoke with us. Brian Dowling, senior manager, uh, first day out in the National League. First of all, it must be great to get back onto the pitch after not being out since the 12th of December. And albeit we got over the line again, Dublin there, but you must be happy enough. Ah, yeah, look, so it's, it's great to be back today. You know, we waited a long time for it. It's, we didn't know what was happening in the last couple of weeks, but uh, look, we're delighted today and to get back out on the pitch. I think even just a month ago, when we went back training. Just to, you know, it was great energy and buzz in the group. Just to just to get back. I suppose we hadn't seen each other since the, the All Ireland weekend, and you know, just to get back as a group was great. And look, it was nice to get a win start today, but um, it's not a game. I don't think we remember for too long. I don't think the hurling was anything spectacular. But look, it's it's two points, and we move on and um, hopefully improve after this. By the water break, the first half, you were 1-4 to a point ahead. Must have been happy enough, albeit, OK, the goal was a bit fortuitous and we might have been lucky, but you have to take your bit of luck as well. So you must have been happy coming to the water break, but then, then the rest of the match, doubling out scoring is five points to four. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, look, I suppose after the water break, you'd be happy enough, but, you know, look, we had chances. Um, I suppose it'd be worse if we weren't getting the, getting the chances. Um, you know, Katie Nolan got a goal there. She can't pass into the net. Um, which obviously you can't do anymore Denise had a, a goal chance in the second half as well I think I'm not sure the goalie made a great save I think and Grace Welch had another goal chance so look we were getting the chances and even a couple of points that we should have got as well and would have pushed on a bit but look 1-8 you wouldn't be happy with 1-8 wouldn't be a great score but look we said to the girls before the match it's we're not expecting miracles you know that was our first match we had no challenge games in four months and uh, you know you're kind of you can't expect every player to go out and hit the ground running and look I thought the effort was good you know we can probably up the work rate a little bit better but um Look, as I said, it's, we won't take too much away from this game, only that we, we have a lot of improving to do. And look, the girls will do that. I know we'll, we'll go and work hard now for the next two weeks um, before we play Offaly. So look forward to that game now and hopefully we can improve in a few things that maybe we didn't go well today. You have had a lot of retirements and a couple of girls that stepped away from the panel this year as well for whatever reasons. You have a lot of new girls in as well. Are you using the league to a certain degree to see what your best 15 is going forward with the likes of Van Dalton and Michelle and them after retiring now? Yeah, look, I suppose we've lost a lot of key players over the last number of years. Um, you know, Michelle and Anne and Anna Farrell, you know, um, Edwina Keane is not part of the panel at the moment. She, she had a baby a couple of weeks ago. So, look, we're, we're down a lot of key players and a few other fringe players maybe last year left the panel as well. So, look, we're, we're happy with the panel we have. Um, Katie Power is, is very close to back to full team training as well and she'll be a great bonus to have as well. You know, we missed her last year. So, look, we, we definitely want to find a few players. That's what it's about. And But, you know, it's up to the players. To, we're not just going to give players a chance for the sake of it. They have to be performing training and if they are performing training they'll get their chance you know um, so Marion Bambrick today started the first 
her senior game and you know she'd been going fierce well in the last couple of weeks so she deserved a chance did very well so you know it's up to the girls that they get their chance to just you know they have to take it and you know we'll be looking at girls in the training pitch and I suppose the girls did well last year but they have to do it again last year won't mean much in, in a couple of months time so it's, it's all about you know putting up the hand in training and, and taking advantage and if you get the jersey it's up to up to the girl to hold on to it with all the tobacco that has gone on over the last couple of weeks and the last week in particular what's your thoughts on the split season would you have rather keep going as it is now or have the break in between to let the club players get a chance and then come back again for the All-Earned Series later on in the year yeah, look I suppose split season makes sense um, you know I don't know whether clubs would agree with that but uh, like at the end of the day if we were training now and then to stop and to go back and maybe I'm looking for the players to go train and the clubs are looking for them to go train and then there's there's rows who's when are they training and then the girls are probably over training because they're with us they're with the clubs And but look I wasn't getting worked up about it either you know when, when the announcement came out I was right that's it I was getting on with it but I suppose obviously there was an outcry from everywhere else and probably the dual counties were probably more affected than we were but look it's again it's not for us to decide what goes on we were we just want to go out and play games whether that's in the summer or in the winter we, we'll play them we did it last year you know and we'll do it again And but look I think it probably just makes sense to stay going now rather than mixing up the two sessions and you know like even if we get the girls up to a certain speed here and then they're going back to the clubs and then they basically have to go and do a pre-season with us again and look at the end of the day the, the players are the most important and the players voted for this and I think we have to listen to that um, you know I don't I don't see why they did a, a poll for the for the players it was 82% one split season and then it absolutely meant nothing so what's the point doing these polls if it doesn't mean anything you know and look in fairness to the players they stood up and I think you know things need to change and I think they are changing that you know the quality of and women and you know I think it is with the, the grants news of the grants in the last couple of weeks I think it is improving you know and even the live stream the games now it, it's getting better it'll be great uh, hopefully when the, the crowds get back in that the numbers will start getting going for the for the, for the camogie matches and that but look I can understand as well I suppose the, the club championships if I was in the club championship um, you know I'd be I'd be very upset that that, that was cancelled you know whether that'll change or not I don't know because you know in fairness to them they were told the club championship was going ahead so it probably should go ahead then Had you any fear that there was going to be a strike because was touted in the media that this game mightn't have went ahead today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think if this, I think if it was the other way around, I think it was definitely yeah, this game wouldn't have went ahead. Um, I'm fully convinced of that, you know, and that wasn't our decision. That was, you know, the players voted for that, and you know, I suppose I think the girl said, you know, if we don't stand up now, when are we going to stand up? And you know, I think that's it. But look, that's gone now, and I said to the girls, we just want to focus on hurling and you know, trying to get the best out of ourselves because you know, leave the other stuff to the people who are probably you know in, in a better position from us to decide these things. We just want to go out and try and improve ourselves and get better every day we play. Looking forward now, you have that two-week break before Offaly on the 29th, preparing now for that and you'll be back to probably next Tuesday night again. The possibility though of topping the group and not getting through to a semi-final is a bit silly in regards to as well that only two teams pulled out of a hat to go through to a semi-final and the other will go into a quarter-final. Yeah, Ash, look, I don't even mind, to be honest, it'd be a nice play quarter-final, it'd be another game, you know, so we don't really mind whatever way it comes around the scout group. I suppose our aim, just we want, just want as many games as we can, and the longer we can stay going in the league, the better, you know, and obviously the longer you're in it, the more you want to win it, so we're not even looking at it like that, we're taking game by game at the moment, and I suppose like even in training, it's kind of hard to, you know, how hard are you pushing the girls, we have to be very careful, you know, we, we took a night off here or there just to pull rein the girls back in like you know because you can come back too soon and do too much and then you have a lot of injuries like so it's just being cautious with the girls now and look there's no point us being flying fit there today that's not going to mean nothing uh, when it comes down to the championship you know this I said this is our this is our first game so you know it's just to just to make sure that we're we're you know getting going and by the time you know the the, the summer hurling gets going that we'll be hopefully up to top 100 like you know well we'll let you back into the girls because I know they're waiting on you so thanks for everything Brian as always and best of luck for the rest of the year okay thank you Adrian O'Sullivan, Dublin manager, uh, first day out in the National League, I suppose, not the victory that you were hoping, or not the result you were hoping for today. No, definitely not, Martin. Um, you can probably tell, I suppose, by the tone of my voice, just a bit deflated. Uh, we didn't really show our true selves at all there in the first quarter. Um, and look, obviously, against the Ireland champions, against the team of that quality, to give them the chance they're going to take it. You know, I think uh, Denise Gall had the run of the place there, first, first 15 minutes, she was unbelievable. Um, and look, we came to the first water break, one four to a point down, and I suppose uh, it was going to always be an uphill battle from there in kind of unusual conditions as well, you know. So yeah, look, just a, just a bit disappointed with the overall result, I suppose. Yeah, the goal from your point of view must have been an absolute sucker punch. <laughs> uh, 
bad bounce, you know, yeah. poor Faye in on the goal and it just dribbled in past the net like a heartbreak for her and a yeah. terrible way to give away a goal as well. It is, I said it her at the water break, she might not concede a goal like that again for the next 10 years, you know, so it was just one of those freaks, wasn't it? And I suppose, look, we came here at a very young team, I think there was only maybe eight of them that played in the last championship match for Dublin and... Um, Look, in fairness to them, we don't deal moral victories, you know yourself, what I'm about, it's certainly not my thing, but um, look, I have to be happy with how they battle, I suppose it was one fourth a point at the end of the first, at the end of the first quarter, um, and we, we ended up winning the rest of it 5-4, but I suppose you don't get two points in the league for winning the winning the last three quarters of the game, so, so we just have to regroup, learn from it now, and uh, I suppose we have a straight shootout now at Offaly on Saturday to see who goes to the quarter-final and see who goes to the relegation, and yeah, I know you don't do moral victories, but in fairness, the last couple of times that Kilkenny has played Dublin, they've really annihilated them off the field. To come to Kilkenny and hold the All Ireland champions to five points, you have to be happy enough with it. Yeah, no, you're right. I suppose um, look, we're trying to leave the past in the past. You know, I think we have a very talented bunch there, and we're trying to set new standards for them. So I suppose not getting hammered is not really what we're looking at. You know, but you're right. I suppose again, as I say, to start like we did and get off to a horror start like that down here in Callan. Uh, where Kilkenny I suppose have wiped teams off the field as you say in the last couple of years um, it would have been easy for them to pack it in you know but they didn't they, you know, they, they went for it and um, I suppose when we review it review it tomorrow or Monday uh, we'd probably be very happy with maybe three quarters of that game yeah well I know for a fact that you put everything into it it's a new challenge for yourself mm. I know you're going to go into it all gung-ho and put everything you can into it and we're certainly hoping that we'll meet you again in the championship and I know you'll yeah. be looking forward to that as well I know and I have to, I have to hit the Thomastown here now to do a training session with him so the old banter in the WhatsApp group was hitting 90 there uh, on the way up in the car so I don't know will they let me in the gate at all I'll have to change my top I'd say but, uh, well they're both blue anyway <laughs> That's uh, Sarah Walsh coming off the field there, so I'll see you later. I'm going up to Jerry's now for an old cup of tea out the back if the weather stays all right. So, look, that sport, isn't it? It's great. You, you, you compete with these players against these players, and at the end of the day, you can, you can uh, have a fist bump at the, at the end of the game and, and, and walk off and go again, isn't it? It's the beauty of it. I suppose you're a bit disappointed with what came out from the Camogie Association uh, during the week. As you say, you were training in Thomastown. You won the county final last year. Looking forward to hopefully to a Leinster final and everything is up in the air because nobody knows whether they're going to take part or not. Yeah, look, I think there was a bit of a narrative out there that myself and Colin Murray were pushing the, the season number, option number two or whatever they were calling it. But And do you know what? I, like, I, I still stand over the fact that option two was the best option, but really like I can't see any reason at all why the Ireland Club Championship from last year couldn't have been included as part of that. Um, you know the the hunger and the, the appetite seems to be there from the from the players. I know we go down to Thomastown now and they'll be jumping jumping off the side to go. So look, it is disappointing, um, but hopefully hopefully they'll see that it will be okay to play it. You know, I think uh, Michael McGrath was putting forward a few dates there um, to play it off in June. You know, so look, hopefully they'll see sense. I mean, county titles are hard to win. You know yourself in Kilkenny, it's very competitive. Um, and, and look every opportunity you get to try and win an Inster Championship and represent your county on the provincial stage you, you really want to take it you know so look hopefully the right thing will happen we'd be happy you know as I said I'm going down to a bunch here now in Thomastown that'll go through the fence and if we got a sniff at all that we could get to play it uh, we'd jump at it you know well you'll probably have a bit of slagging when you get down there but anyway uh, hard luck today great performance though in the second half in particular uh, and the best luck with Thomastown and hopefully you get to play in that All-Ireland uh, Series and the provincial final as well later on. Hopefully, yeah, and we'll we'll try and do the county proud. Camogie's uh, very much on a high in Kilkenny, so we've been saying to the girls over the last few months to remember they're the county champions in Kilkenny and to play like that. So hopefully, yeah, people get behind us if the games go ahead and we'll drive it on, try and put a bit of silverware on the board. Exactly. Well said. Thanks, Adrian. Brian Dowling and Adrian O'Sullivan there. Now we're going to switch our attention to football as Carlo defeated Waterford in Division 4. Niall Carew joins us, followed by Shane Roynan. Niall Carew, we're back playing football and you played it in the proper manner tonight. A great victory. When you look at the scoreboard, 316 to 10 points, it would win, would win many matches, so well done. Yeah, no, thanks very much. We, we played well. Um, we were a little bit sloppy and, and fairness lads were trying to figure it out in the first 15-20 minutes just before the water break so um, you know first game back uh, we played a lot of in-house games we had no challenge games small bit of a risk but um, we just felt that we'd enough done and yeah no very happy with the performance um, and just as you said earlier there it was great the younger lads uh, with the older lads played very well so yeah we're very pleased with that Carlo fans over the years and supporters always said that they'd like to see more scoring forwards I think the answer came tonight and as you said a lot of youth there 
Conor Crowley uh, Conor Crowley doing very well Ross Dunphy very well and young man from Bagnestown Jamie Clark not to take anything away from the defence Josh Moore did quite well and Conor Dyle when he came in everybody worked well No they all worked very well and Colin Hulton come on and scored Excellent. one and it was very dangerous he's been playing very well in training just have to get him a little bit fitter uh, for county level but he, he's he's great attitude in training and you're hoping the likes of uh, Colin will push lads on as well but yeah no Ross Dunphy as we all know is a class player and he's only going to get better uh, Conor Crowley I mean the goal he scored there if it you know, if anyone else scored it, uh, it'd be on the Sunday game but 55 times, but maybe it won't be because Connor got it. But um, no, it was, uh, it was a great performance by the lads, very pleased. Uh, goalkeepers have been quite good for Carlow over the years, but uh, Kieran Cunningham tonight, I know it's early days, but uh, tremendous under the high ball, very comfortable and good on the kick out, so he really slotted in very well there also. And your defence to keep Waterford at bay, only rest- restricting him to 10 points, and at half time, Waterford were probably well in the game, but you had a brilliant second half. Yeah, look, the first half, it was nip and tuck, and I suppose we got a few uh, qualities scores with the looping and shooting with Paul Broderick and things like that the experience probably told more um, yeah Watford hung in there and it's very hard to come down to Dungarvan and get a victory um, so we knew that coming down and we weren't taking anyone for granted now I do feel sorry for Shane the new manager uh, I would have had a, a probably a step up in him because I had the buys before Christmas yeah. um, and we had um, a championship game and a league game and I think it takes that in order to sort out your team and uh, so it's, it's probably this year for Shane is going to be very tough uh, until he gets that sorted but um, look I can only worry about Carlo and uh, getting great support from everyone down there uh, backroom team have been fantastic and uh, all the clubs have uh, you know they've really backed us and everything we wanted so yeah we're very pleased well that was good uh, Niall people in Carlo will say who's Niall crew not got on the panel that possibly could be on the panel is there anybody else we can expect to see that's out with injury that we can expect to see back because this was a very complete performance tonight and I said as everybody gave their part yeah, no, there's, there's no one, um, I suppose the two you'd be probably thinking is Brendan Murphy and, and Sean Murphy that have been stalwarts for Carla, Carla over the years. Sean Murphy's out, it could be a long-term injury, I'm not yeah. sure. And um, Brendan um, can't commit, so that's that's it. If you can't commit, you're no good to us. Um, but um, would we love to have players that kind of, of course we would, but we want them on our terms. And um, look, I, I suppose the way football's gone now, it's it's... It's nearly seven days a week, and uh, you know you can't blame lads for opting out. Um, but no, there's no one else coming in. But we will look at under twenties. We're working, uh, we're working very hard with them as well, and we want to try and develop more players to come into the squad. So no, we're we're very pleased with the whole setup, and the lads have given us absolutely everything uh, from day one, and uh, we we can't complain there. But look, that game is gone now. Um, with the probably score difference, it probably will put us into a semi-final uh, unless Watford, uh, you know, have a big win over Wexford, and then Wexford have to have a big win over us. So that gives a little bit of time for hamstrings and things like that. But we want to keep the momentum going. Uh, want to keep learning every game we play, and uh, looking forward to the Wexford game in two weeks. Well, you preempted what I was going to ask you, so you summed it up very well. Well, listen, well done. Three sixteen, great return. Two points in the bag in the league, a curtailed league, as we said. But Wexford in a fortnight's time, and Carlo supporters can look forward to that. Yep, that's it. Thanks very much. Thanks, Niall. Well done. I suppose we were coming in. It's a bit unknown what we're going to coming into tonight. We had a game last week against Tip, uh, which we were quite happy with the, with the performance. But um, you know, I suppose a lot of our you know a lot of our big performers had off nights, and I think you know we can't, certainly can't afford in the position we are in. I suppose to have guys not playing up to where the, up to their standard. But look, it's the first night. Um, I suppose I, I just I suppose a bit disappointed with the the way the heads went down a bit, um, you know, and things like that. But I suppose maybe that's the short short running we've had. You haven't been able to build up that resilience in guys, and you know, to build up that confidence in lads. So um, look, we're, we're we're very disappointed with the performance. Um, I thought the first half uh, we certainly created a lot more chances than um, than, than than Carlo. A uh, couple of balls went through hands. Couple of shots that you know they shouldn't have gone wide. We should have been a lot closer at half time. I suppose maybe you know even level game probably would have been probably maybe a fair reflection. Uh, Carlo and Fairness for the whole game were very very clinical. We'd more shots than Carlo would like. They they win the game by 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 a, by a handy score because they were very very clinical and um, our guys got punished. And I think you know I suppose that's the big lesson they've got to you know get out of tonight that we we keep keep creating chances but we we've, we've just got to take them. And I suppose that's that'll that'll come from practice. You know, I suppose the lack of games is a is a, is a hindrance there, but but you know it didn't seem to affect Carlo. They were they were very clinical and we're just it's, it looks a very disappointed dressing room in there. Uh, they came down with high hopes this evening. Uh, you know we we had high hopes as well, and I, I think you know we're just we're just very disappointed. 
Donnell and Shane Ryan in there. Now we have Gerald Walsh, who had a very impassionate plea to the Camogie Association. Yeah, put forward, like, in Leinster, well, there was to be a Leinster semi-final, but I believe dudes don't have any appetite for it. Uh, they, they haven't signed up to this. So, I mean, the, the, the longest you need is four Saturdays or whatever. But, I mean, we've also said we could play middle of the week or whatever. But we're looking at the 7th to 13th and then the last two weekends as well to play it off. Um, we cannot understand why the will isn't there to do it. Um, you know, and we haven't even been given any excuses, any explanation or anything. You know, um, we put forward a proposal. You, you, you all know, sure, it's probably not as there was a vote of the clubs, uh, whether you wanted option A or option B. And in option A, it was put down that, uh, that this, this competition would go ahead, but it was left out of option B for whatever reason. Um, but it's a nonsense, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But it's, 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 they have no consideration for the club player. That's my biggest uh, concern here. You know, um, it's a complete kick in the teeth for the girls that have been training since last since we since we won the county final. They've actually they took a week off and the girls went back training themselves. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's just would be just I suppose pleading is, is I, I never pleaded for anything in my life, but I mean we just ask them to reconsider their position um, and just at least, well at least even discuss it with us, which they're refusing to do. And why why do you think that is? Why do you think that? No, like, I you have. <laughs> You know, we got we got the little a statement came back out. We we all signed up to this and sent a letter. We we said, look, we got terrorists here. Can we please meet with you over Zoom? Not as you know, in the present climate, you know, that wouldn't take too much time out of anybody's life to having to travel anywhere. Just talk to us on Zoom, this, that, and the other. And basically, we were told to look at that. And I quote: the option selected by the majority of the clubs who participated in the recent poll, unfortunately, do not include conclusion of the 2020 club championships. That's it. And that's so it. basically that's it. You know, I mean. <laughs> I hate to be coarse, but it's a kind of an FU and F off answer. You know, um, no dialogue, no nothing, no engagement, good, better, and different. And you, you can tell the, the the annoyance and the passion. Like when we were talking to Mick Wall, he's the minor Camogie manager, yeah, and yeah. He, he he was talking about the kind of debacle of, of of the minor championship not getting played, and then we had the Kilkenny intermediate team not getting to participate, and then you had the whole uh, dual player uh, clashes, and now you had the the split season, and now there's this. Where, where's all these bad decisions or seemingly bad decisions coming from? Uh, look at it again. You know that's probably different hot water, but you just you just wonder: is there any thought process going into any of this? You know, I mean, the fixtures originally that were put out um, for the league for the county league included a, a league final replay. You know, and in the present climate, you're saying to yourself, how can they afford a weekend for a league final replay? You know, so I mean, there doesn't appear to be any joined up thinking here. Um, you know, it's it's either black or white, and what we say goes, and if you don't like it, tough. You know. Um, there, there's no consultation uh, with anybody about it there hasn't been as far as I'm aware uh, about either option A or option B or whatever it was um, they just came out and said this is the way we're going to do it and then when the, 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 the county players revolted they put it to a poll and changed their mind do you know what I mean so there's, there's been no coherent thought put into a lot of this stuff um, the six clubs that are remaining in, are you all in yeah. the are you all in the same thought process yeah, we are, of course, yeah. I mean, look at the six that want to go on, and then there's, there's intermediates and juniors as well, not to forget those. You know, um, that could be run off as well along the same time frame. Now, they may, may not be, they may, might be slightly less advanced than we are, but, I mean, they can make up ground by playing midweek, they've said this, you know. So, I mean, everybody's on the one thought process here of, of wanting to get this get this played as such. But, I mean, change, you know, and what I think that the complete disconnect with, with the association here, what they can't seem to grasp or get their head around is the passion that the girls have to do this. Do you know what I mean? They, that they've trained you. It, and you ask any club player that'll be hurling or whatever to, to get to an all Ireland final with the people that you you grew up with and trained with and bled with your whole life is is something completely special. Do you know what I mean? It, it takes it even takes precedent over county if you talk to county players or whatever. Do you know? But I mean that that the void that's been left in Thomastown Camogie with this decision it's, you, it, I cannot articulate it enough do you know what I mean the girls are absolutely gutted that they cannot compete at this level again with their club players with their friends you know and for their parish you know I mean I, I went down to Brennan the other night Wednesday night I think it was and down the bottom of the pitch there was I'd say 50 girls from under 6 to under 10 and I said to myself can you imagine them 
going to a Leinster final or watching a Leinster final. Something for them to aim at, something for them to say, this is my parish, this is my town, I can be that. You know, and that's, that. they can't do that this year. You know, for what? For no reason that I can see. You know, so, I mean, I, I just can't understand an association that has such disregard for the club players. You know, it's, 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 it's dumbfounding. Do you think something like an amalgamation in the future might work? <laughs> I can't see that happening in my lifetime, Shane, to be honest with you. There's a lot of talk about it. Uh, they're pushing an open door with the GA. They've, they've said that. They'd love to be, you know what I mean? They're open about it, but I can't see the Morgan Association doing that. They won't, because to do that would, would, would the way they would look at it, would lose, would lose their power. You know, or give it away to somebody, which which wouldn't be the case. You know, but I mean, for for him to say that, you know, you go back over the last couple of years and you have they're, they're stumbling from one team to another. Go back to the ladies' football last year with the fixtures team for the All Ireland semi final and that. All this stuff is needless. Do you know what I mean? It's it's completely needless. Um, gee, I just I get so mad about it at times. Shane really do. You know, because you know it's not going to improve over the next couple of years. It's not. And again, going back to those kids there. That's what I said to myself as well. Give it 20 years' time, will it be any different? I don't think so. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it, I, like, it, it just I'm seems... Ranting I'm, I'm ranting a bit, I know, but it's just, it just drives me mad. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's just been... We, we were talking to Hilda Breslin, um, who was on Scoreline there not so long ago. It, it seemed like all her targets... You know, it, 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 the negativity seemed to have kind of gone away when you were chatting to her. Um. Seemed, seemed to have, but I mean, then we're back to this mess again. And I mean, is it, you know, it just can't help themselves. I don't know what it is. There's a complete disconnect there. You know, and it's just, when you get up into these positions, maybe you're too high to, 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 to really see what the small person wants. I don't know. But I mean, there's, there's a huge disconnect there. Um, and I, I can't see that changing anytime soon. I really can't. And that's, that's what, that's what, you know, you'd wonder, do you bother? But you just have to keep plugging away and hopefully things will, things will change at the upper level. That they will take some cognizance of what people want, what the club player wants. I know it took, it took the, the hurling, they had to set up their own club um, body to try and get the split season, try and get club players looked at. Um, but I mean, is that the way forward for the Camogie? I don't know. It's something that'll have to be done because there is no, your, clubs have no say, club players have no say and it's just do what you're told simple as that you know um, and you know it's coming out with some of the stuff they come out with like for the reasons of wanting the, to, the season they wanted to say was county club county was for clubs wouldn't be able to get pitches at the back end of this year because you know hurling clubs are hogging from themselves that's an insult to hurling clubs too like you know what I mean um, that that work hand in hand with camogie clubs you know on a daily basis like myself I'm, I'm chair of the, the Thomastown Hurling Club you know I mean and it's you want to you want to we're all the one at the end of the day but that's never going to happen at national level. I can't see it happening. Um, we, we, we were speaking to Una May. Um, she was talking about the, the drop-off rate of females in sports. And you just mentioned there the the, the young girls that were out yeah. during the week. Yeah. Um, there's Is there not concern? I, I'm sure there is. You can hear the, the anger. Um, but are, are you noticing people dropping off already? Or their head is down already about these kind of decisions? Of course it is, you know what I mean? But I mean, don't get me wrong, but we're probably lucky in Thomastown than most. And now we, have a, we have a junior team with the last couple of years, so we have two camogie, two adult teams in the club. And last year we had a panel of 43, which is brilliant. Do you know what I mean? So you, you have to try and work to, not to allow that drop-off to happen. But it, it does happen. But I mean, stuff like this doesn't help either. Do you know And I mean? You're, you're looking at 2020, you know, and all this, if you can't see it, you can't do it. Do you know what I mean? Or if you, you know, so, and I mean, like I said, our young girls are not going to see our team in the club championship. So, I mean, they can't do it either. You know, this is the message that's been sent to them, I think. So, what's, what, what's happening now? The proposal has been sent off for, for the games to be played in June. You were saying the four yeah. Saturdays. And you yeah. haven't got a response as of yet? Are you expecting no, one? No, the only, the only response we got was that, that they got it, but that uh, the clubs that voted, um, the, the decision that was voted on by the clubs didn't include it. So that was it. So basically throwing it back on the clubs again, saying, washing their hands of it, hiding behind that decision. Um, you know, it, there's no reason on God's earth why this competition cannot be cannot be played. And when you look at it, it's, it's, a, it's a premier competition here. 
a premier club competition that, that, that's showcasing the talent at club level and everything. The Camogie Association, you think, should be falling over backwards to try and get it into the calendar. You know, but but they don't. They've just said, no, sorry, nothing to see here, move on. You know, let, let the county at it. You, you can do what you like. We're not going to do, run ahead with this. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd hope that they'd see light. I'd hope that they'd, they'd reconsider their position. I'd hope that they'd even just let you talk to us. But like I said, the, the response we got was just, you know, I know how a Jehovah's Witness feels right now, knocking on a door and it'd be slammed in his face again. Like you know, That's what happened to us. No interaction, no nothing, just, no, this is not going to happen, good luck. Um, so I, I'd hope they'd reconsider. I, historically, they don't, but you're, you'd hope they just would listen to it. And it, at least, it then just, like I said, talk to us. You know, engage with us to some degree. Um, so that's, that's the only hope we have. Well, look, Ger, best of luck with it. Um, we'll, we'll continue <laughs> we'll to cover it. We'll, we'll want to change, I think. Um, <laughs> because, like I said, the, the, the historically don't really listen to Trump or listen to anybody else. But, look, at, well, all we can do is just keep fighting, keep plugging away. And uh, hopefully, if, if not this year, we'll, we can improve things going forward. But, you know, we really hope, like I said, from our point of view, from other clubs as well. But just like I said, to, to compete at a level with your club is such a distinction, it's such an honour. Um, and for it to be ripped away, like, really has left a huge hole in the girls here. But, look, we're going, we're actually heading down here now. We're going to end here this evening at 6 o'clock. So, look, we'll keep them going and do the best we can. Ger, it's an absolute pleasure getting to talk to you. I wish you nothing but the best for the season. We'll have an article up on scoreline.ie. We'll have the interview up as well. We're getting messages in and people are saying that they can hear the passion and the power in your voice and no doubt that passes down to all your players and everybody out there in Thomastown Camogie. We wish you nothing but the best. Hopefully, you'll be able to get some answers very soon. Sorry for the rant, but anyway, thanks, Ger. Strong words there from Ger Walsh. Switching our attentions now to Greyhound and Kevin Hennessy give us the lay of the land. The fastest time in the quarterfinals at 29.02 after a tardy enough start um, showed real good early pace to post the fastest time in the quarterfinals. He's going to be hard to beat uh, going into the semi-finals this Friday night but a real eye catcher was Jur and Sheila Duncan there local from Kells a bitch called Glory Casey. She she got up on the line to win in 29.04. Now, this young November bitch, she she could be destined to go right to the top for Duran Sheila Duncan, and she's sure to give Grange Mac plenty to think about in the semi-finals. Serena Ace posted a 29.10 and Penny's Lego at 29.31, completing the, the quarter-final heat winners in the semi-finals of that competition coming up this Friday night uh, in at the track and uh, it promises to be great action and I'm sure there's a, some serious prospects in it. That was that was the main attraction on Friday night. Saturday night, where do you start really? With the Limerick Oaks final, um, Scooby Princess for Jennifer O'Donnell posting a 28.39 when picking up her 3,500 euro winner's prize. Azabi, a gallant second place finish but Scooby Princess after getting an early bump at the first corner, she just proved too strong and with the Irish Oaks starting this coming Saturday night in Shelburne Park, she's definitely going to be one of the favourites going to boxes for that. In Cork on Saturday night, with a seven and a half thousand euro final, the kind of blaze at Stud Open five two five. Skywalker Barry, who was bred by Paddy Sinnott there in Kells, sold after winning his first start. He's gone on to win the Select Stakes recently in Waterford. He was a Puppy Derby winner last year. He rocketed from boxes and went on to to land the spoils in a comfortable twenty eight sixteen. My dad's dog, uh, Hello Hammond, having to settle for fourth in the end, staying on after early trouble. The Project Stakes was also on Talking Dogs TV on Saturday night, and um, really, Carl Ramsbottom took the competition by the scruff of the neck. He did double on the card, Deadly Destroyer and Deadly Tornado, and Destroyer was actually the fastest heat winner in 28-28. Those two dogs were formerly uh, owned in Johnstown by the Dial family. Brian Dial there uh, started off both these dogs, uh, Carl bought them and, and they're going from strength to strength Deadly Tur- Destroyer 28-28 a super run fastest of the round and we also had another local winner Good Cody winning for John Kennedy there in Erlingford anti-post favourite explosive boy who you'd have seen in the Conan and Kirby Memorial got a very troubled passage but really really stuck his head down to qualify in third expect much much better from him next week but uh, as you said, action pack up and coming. We have the semi-finals in Kilkenny on Friday, the champion on race, with the Oaks starting in Shelburne on Saturday, and the quarter-finals on Project Stakes in Clonmel 
next Saturday night to look forward to it also. Oh, it sounds very, very busy. Um, with the advent of us being starting to talk dogs, we hear a lot about Talking Dogs TV. Has it really improved the accessibility of the sport throughout Ireland? It really has. Um, like We've got owners uh, here in the yard in the Cayman Islands and, and John Boyle, um, who's been a big supporter, obviously, with the Boyle Sports Irish Derby, and he's based in America now, and he's able to stream it um, anywhere around the world. Um, you can watch it. You, you pay your €10 Euro and you can stream it. For instance, I was in Cork on Saturday night and Cranmel and Shelburne were the two cards. I paid for it on the, uh, on the phone and I was able to sit in the van and watch it while I was waiting for my races. So... And and it really it, it gets the sport out there, and it, it gets a couple of personalities on board. Obviously, in Fortune, um, the likes of Emma Buckley on it as well, and it just get, it, it, it can arm people with some information. Even if you're not that familiar with the Greyhounds, which you're, you you'd like to get involved, those sort of people talk you through it, and they give you a background to the dogs, and they, they give the interviews with the owners after the races, and it just gives you a real good insight into what goes on and. It, it's a real good positive. It's the first step on a, on a ladder that we need to make more steps on, but I'm sure we'll get there in time and, and, and get the message out there. But for me, as a greyhound lover, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it'd be remiss of me not to mention Joe Sheehan as well, who was in, on with us for yeah. Conan and Kirby. He's, he, he's a character, to say the least. We enjoyed uh, speaking with Joe and, of course, then going on and speaking with Tom and yourself now, hopefully, going forward. Um, Tom mentioned big race in the next few weeks across in the UK. Yeah, the English Derby starts. The English Derby starts in England in about two weeks' time. Um, there's really good trial stakes actually there uh, on Tuesday night with uh, Irish involvement. My dad sending over two runners. We've got two runners over there: Boyle Sports Bingo and JT Wexford will both line up. It's it, it, it's on Sky. It's on Freeview Channel Four Three Seven uh, Racing Post Graham TV for anyone that's interested in watching. Graham Holland also sends over a number of Irish runners. They're just trial stakes. Um, for for the up and coming derby, which starts in two weeks, but um, the Irish would be have be sending over a formidable team. Um, we've won the last couple of English derbies, and and hopefully we'll bring bring the trophy back home again. But it's an incredibly strong team. I think we're as short as four to nine to win the English derby. Um, that's Ireland um, to, to land it, and I'd expect it to be to be hard to, to beat over there. Hopefully, it, it comes back to Kilkenny and lands here in our yard. Though that's what I'll be hoping for. <laughs> Hennessy there talking about the world of greyhound racing. Brogan McAvini joins us now, only 17, but committed to doing 100k in May in open water swimming. All in the aid of a good cause, Pieta House. Here's what he had to say. Um, I would be well used to swimming, some might say. Anyway, yeah, I, I swim with the um, Kilkenny Swim Club, um, and I've been, I've been swimming since I was young and racing for the last few years. Um, and they do some open water swimming with Kenny Water Safety. So yeah, I, I I'd be um, I'd be a prominent enough swimmer. Um, but obviously this this is still <laughs> I still find this tough uh, as well. Five k isn't, isn't easy for anyone. I don't think. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, five k today, it's a hundred k overall. What made you want to do this? I obviously there's the there's the charitable aspect of it, and it's very commendable for someone of your age to be able to take that up. But there's also like a physically demanding aspect of it. Why a hundred kilometers and and why why an open water swimming? Um, I suppose. Swimming has kind of always been my passion, um, and just over the last few months, obviously we're all aware there's a pandemic. And as a young person, like I see my friends and people I love, and you know everyone, everyone suffers mentally in in some way. It's kind of hard to stay positive. So I just feel like it's an I felt like it was an important thing to do, and I thought to myself, well, you know, if I can if I can do anything. Then, then I should, and even for myself, like I think there's another aspect to it as well. It, it's nearly, it's nearly a symbol to swim and the exercise because I think that exercise gives you that boost to your mental health. And as hard as it is to go out and swim on some of those days, you know, I, I wouldn't want to go out some days to be tired. And but when I'm done, you know, the feeling you get it just boosts you for the rest of the day. Yeah, and but you're combating the elements as well. I'd imagine as well, especially in Kilkenny today. It wasn't the greatest of weathers. Would you be conscious of that? I would, yeah. Um, the thing is, once once you're in the water, uh, generally you're okay. It's just getting changed. If it's wet, that can be a bit of a nightmare. Um, like one of the days getting changed was raining, that was a bit miserable. But when you're in the water, you're fine, if you know what I mean. 
And are you taking it day by day? Obviously, with 100K, if you're doing 5Ks every day, you're looking at 20 days. So are you getting your rest in between? Yeah, I am. Um, I would try swim on the weekends a lot. Obviously, I need to swim the weekdays as well to get it done. Um, so I try to do a lot on the weekends if I can because I have more time. And then some mornings, um, school and everything, I, I try to go early mornings during the weekday um, or after school. Now, I have a friend that is involved in, in swimming. He's used to be quite prominent in Kilkenny Swimming Club. He's down in UL. His name is Mikey McCarthy. He's been dying to uh, get back into the pool. He's training athletes now currently. From an actual swimming perspective, as someone who competes in for national swimming titles, have you been able to keep going during the pandemic? Or are you like the, the rest of us normies and we won't be able to get to return to the pool until the 7th of June? Um, for myself... I, I'm i kind of normal when the pools are open up till recently now um, when the pools are open I'm in the pool when they're not I'm out of the pool but recently just in the last week I got back training slightly early because I am I'm within a certain time I'm within a certain qualifying time so some have allowed a few of us to go back um, so I, I'm training three times a week in the pool very minimal stuff but before that before the last week I'd be the same as anyone else um, I'd get pool time when pools open and for someone that's developing, like you said that you're very passionate about swimming. I can see here now that it, like you've won gold medals in the National Swimming Awards, uh, 100 metre free, 200 metre fly. Um, you've won gold medals. So your development now has been curtailed by this pandemic. And a lot of athletes have and a lot of non-elite athletes. But I would classify you if you're winning National Swimming titles as an elite athlete. So having the past year kind of taken away from me if you haven't been going into the pool and this was the conversation I was having with my friend Michael McCarthy and why I brought him up he was saying that there's a lot of contention about swimmers who are on the cusp of being classified as say an elite uh, athlete but have been unable and their progress has been curtailed have you felt that it's been somewhat curtailed during this time? Um, well obviously yeah um, it's I think there's a lot of us, because um, a lot of my friends, obviously, I, I'd be good friends with a lot of swimmers. And, you know, the, the thing is, the nature of the, the pandemic, you know, the less people you have in certain places, the better. So it is very limited. Um, and that means that a lot of us who kind of would have been on just on that border of reaching what Sport Island would consider an elite level, um, we, we kind of, you know, we do feel our development in cartel, but um, obviously there's not too much that can be done, but it is very frustrating for for likes of ourselves that can't get in the pool because you know that's what we do that's what we do for for fun and and just even you know to keep ourselves going we we love that to chase faster times and obviously it's hard to do that when you've no training time and if you have no pool you just get into the river and that's exactly what you're doing now so 100k how how far are you into this journey sir i am 60.1 or 61.1 k as of today so over the halfway mark with just, what, about 15 days to go as well. Are you expecting to finish on the last day of May or are you hoping to get it done beforehand? Um, I'm trying to give myself a bit of breathing space near the end. Um, but the last, I think the, the last three days, as far as I think, it's a Saturday, a Sunday and a Monday. Um, I think so that would give me Saturday and Sunday I could get more done as it's a weekend. Um, so I'm aware that I have those days. But obviously trying to make sure I keep on schedule because you don't want to be trying to swim a marathon on the last day. <laughs> and how are you keeping that going? Are you still playing with Young Ireland? You've won a county medal with them uh, recently. Are you still able to keep up your training there while also getting into the water? Um, last year I was, yeah, um, I was playing on the team. Um, I got injured early on after coming back. Um, so I only came on there in the county final last year in the middle of the match because I was only back recently. Um, as of this year, I'm not so sure I'm going back because obviously with the setback to my, my swimming progression as it is, I want to you know, go all guns blazing for this season and just see where it leaves me. Certainly. And uh, you're still, are you in now at being at 17, I suppose? You might be sitting your leaving cert this year, next year? Uh, next year, yeah. Next year, okay. So you're not trying to undertake this mammoth challenge with another mammoth challenge that's on the horizon, which is quite quite astute of you, I must say, sir. So 100k for me. Um, where can people donate if they're liking what they're hearing? If they're going, wow, that's a a lot for a 17 year old to take on. Fair and it fair play to you. Honestly, that's that's amazing. From a lot of the people that we've been talking to that have started these fundraisers, it's just amazing to see the spirit that people have to want to provide for these different charities that have been unable to do so in a while. And we know P- Pieta House are 
working towards suicide prevention, which is a huge, I would classify that as a pandemic also. So it's um, it's very commendable of you at the age of 17 to want to provide back. You've set a goal of a thousand euro. You've smashed that already. But the GoFundMe page is still open if people want to donate. How can they find it, sir? Um, if you were to log on to GoFundMe um, online, uh, you can find it through a Google search. Um, you can look at the, the page 100K from May. It should have my name there, um, Brogan McAvinney, and you can donate through that. Um, it's a fairly simple process um, to make an online payment there. Or um, even if you were to share the Instagram page, that would be brilliant as well to expose it to more people who might want it around. Wishing Brogan the very, very best. Now, finally, soccer. Kilkenny District League and Carlo District League both released their plans for the upcoming season. The KDL will be running off competitions in June, but Carlo people will have to wait a small bit longer and wait until August, where a new Shield competition is in play. Here's what they both had to say. We had an online committee meeting there about two weeks ago, and we decided that we're going to the juniors uh, on the 10th of June, Wednesday the 10th of June. Uh, we'll play the McCallum Cup, we'll play the Divisional Cups, and we'll finish the Marsh Shield. We're down to the quarter-final stages of the Marsh Shield. Um, we, we had a long discussion on going back forward with school boys and youths and girls as well, but it was just too many teams to get run up in such a short space of time. Like we have a we have 230 school boys teams and we have 50 girls teams, so that's the bones of 300 teams and uh, we wouldn't have had the time to, to, to play the, 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 that over a six week period so we decided that we'll leave off the, the schools until they go back to school the first week in September and we start a fresh then and we'll have the full season at that all going well and that's what we're allowed to do so but in the meantime we're going to run the Divisional Cups and the McCallum Cup which is our shop window and finish tomorrow shield we play two games a week, Shane. We'll say starting Wednesdays and Sundays over a six-week period. We'll finish then uh, the second week of July. Uh, we'll take a break then for six weeks, and we'll come back again at the end of August at junior and start the new league and uh, the new league and uh, the cup competitions, the national cups and the uh, the, the shields and all that. Um, so hopefully that's the plan anyway. That's. And that's what we allow to do, and everyone will be well and safe and follow the guidelines, Shane. And that's where we are at the moment. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. We brought the lads out. My team, we were up training on Tuesday and Thursday night in preparation for at least two games that we will have in the Divisional Cup and the McCallman Cup. It's up to them how many we get to play after that, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, we hope to make the McCallman Cup with, with yourselves in the KCLR next Saturday. All going well. Um, we have 36 junior teams affiliated to the league. There's 31 teams uh, prepared to go back and play the, the competitions, which is good. It's a, it's a, it's a, I wasn't expecting that they would even have as many teams going back, but it's great. We have 31 teams entered into it. So we'll make the draw hopefully next Saturday. I'll talk to John Corrigan on that in conjunction with yourselves as you're the sponsors of the McCallum Cup, the KCLR McCallum Cup. That's the plan anyway, Shane. Yeah, we're doing the draw live, I believe, in studio. I'm looking forward to that. No doubt there'll be conspiracy theories if Castle Warren end up getting a buy into the next round. But <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure you're, we're going to draw Evergreen A or something like that, which will be uh, a task for the guys. Um, you never know. <laughs> is there any worry in regards to the the club season in the GEA starting in September, we know that there's a massive crossover between people that enjoy playing GEA and enjoy playing soccer, and we know that uh, the club championships are run off, say, in August, kind of, but now it's going all the way up until November. So, like, I know myself, Castle Warren are a Clara-based team. There's a lot of Clara-based hurlers on the team, and we won't have lads available and stuff like that. Will you imagine seeing much of that? Yes, uh, well, it'll be no different, I said, in normal years that we... we we always do have a crossover between uh, other sports, but uh, in the league, we work well with the other sports, with the GA and whatever, and uh, we'll work around their fixtures and whatever, and uh, we'll always work with clubs as well, uh, time-wise, and if a club has a, a clash 
we will always work around it and make a, an alternative date to facilitate the people involved. So it, all these things can be worked, worked on and, and we always can get through them. So I, I don't think there'll be any difference in any other years that way. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. in, in terms of friendly games, um, I have someone texting in asking in regards to what, what's the lay of the land of that? Is it, is it arranged um, with the KDL if two teams want to play a friendly? Is that's right. Um, unfortunately, Shane, there's no friendlies allowed until at least the 7th of June. That's Monday the 7th of June before there's any matches allowed. Uh, friendlies or otherwise, that's the government guidelines and the FAI guidelines as well, which I sent out to, to all the club secretaries, they would have had them. So there's strictly no friendlies allowed until at least Monday the 7th of June. So most most, team, most clubs will have games that week anyway in their respective competitions. But uh, that's the government guidelines and the FAI guidelines. And uh, we have notified the referees as well on that, that there's no friendlies allowed. Uh, just on that point as well, after that day, all friendlies that are that are and, and uh, that are uh, booked must come through the league and through an official referee because of insurance purposes. Shane, if a, if a player gets injured, uh, they mightn't be properly insured if it's not a, a sanctioned game, be it a friendly or otherwise. So they must uh, notify the league in writing. Uh, that's the first thing the insurance company will come. Or uh, that that's which was a sanctioned game, and they must have an official referee as well, and they must fill out a match card or a team sheet on a piece of paper for proof and dated and signed by the secretary and the referee. Uh, these are all new new guidelines from insurance companies, and I think it's very important that clubs go with that because of uh, they they will the insurances will look for any any little loophole not to pay up, so to have all the eyes and T's crossed. It's very, very important. And is there any advice in regards to teams that may have paid an insurance premium at the start of the year, didn't get to use it? Like, would their insurance still be covering for the general season would would be ended by the time that these games are happening? Or is this something that they'll have to take up with their provider? Yeah, there is something that they'll have to take up with their provider. Now, anyone that has their insurance paid at the start of the season are still covered because this is the twenty. 2020-21 season so they will be covered anyone that haven't paid it they should talk to their insurance provider and notify that they are play, playing uh, competitions on a six week basis and they're back training or whatever just to be covered properly now I know there is some insurance companies did give refunds to clubs uh, during the year that uh, didn't fulfil all their fixtures and that so I would talk to your insurance provider on that uh, you might be entitled to a refund or a discount on it, but just to make sure and not find that you are going back playing uh, uh, on the on the tenth of uh, of June to be properly covered, both public liability and personal accident. And in terms of teams that may of may not get to play that many games due to being knocked out of the the competitions in a very early stage, and it may very well might happen. Is there any they can still go through the KDL to hopefully have a sanctioned friendly game, or possibly even uh, we we've seen the Carlow District League saying if clubs want to run their own type of competitions, they always have to inform the district league. But there's nothing really stopping them from doing that bar getting the permission initially. Absolutely, there's nothing stopping them after the 7th of June playing as many games as they like over the summer once they notify the league on the same and that and it's only a matter of sending an email there's nobody ever refused a game or that like that but they must have an official referee that's one thing and it must come through the league uh, in, in conjunction with John Lonergan who is the league fixtures secretary for the referees and uh, he will appoint the referees for the games uh, That that's a stipulation that must be carried out to have it all done properly and you yeah. won't be scared that there'll be any breakaway super leagues or anything like that no? <laughs> stranger things have happened but <laughs> I, I doubt very much <laughs> Then we'd have league games from the second Sunday in September, and obviously with with a lot of rural clubs in our league, there's there's GA, there's hurlers, there's there's everything, and people have kind of tend to be finishing up playing one before they start to play the other. So over the years, the clubs have kind of asked us not to play in August. 
So what we've proposed to do this year is we're going to extend the KCLR Shield into a Champions League style competition, uh, whereby instead of having the 20 clubs, um, so normal, traditionally we would have had the 20 clubs, the KCLR Shield is a club competition, so it didn't matter whether you have one, two or three teams in your club, it's just a club competition, anyone from the club can play. We'd always would have traditionally opened with 10 games, uh, so that everyone got a game. What we're going to do this year is, and we may have a couple more because there's, there's some new clubs looking to come, but the rough idea would be that there'll be four or five groups of four or five, whatever. Everybody would play the other four teams in their group, two home matches, two away matches over the four Sundays in August. The top four winners would qualify for the KCLR Shield semi-final on the first Sunday in September, the final the second Sunday in September, and then we start our league uh, as normal on the third Sunday in September. But it would mean that clubs would have had four, five, possibly six good edited games before their league campaign, and then it gets lads back playing much earlier than what they normally would, and it helps us from a registration we don't have 900 regs coming in in September. They'll have to start getting the regs in by the end of July. Yeah, like uh, for, we play in the, the Kilkenny District League as well, and we were all kind of uh, people in Carlow and Kilkenny were nervous that it wouldn't be back to playing until September, where the general league would start and all that. But it's great to see that it's been brought forward. We know that the KDL are running some of the cup competitions, and you have released a statement to say that the clubs can continue. They can still. It's it's not like they can't play any games come the June the seventh. They they can start their own competitions or uh, organise friendlies, albeit with the Carlow Districts League's um, blessing because of like, things like insurance and referees. Yeah, so traditionally clubs would have started, like we'd start pre-season friendlies the end of July or middle of July and then August would be a mental month with pre-season friendlies and having to organise them and everything else. So they, from the 7th of June, the, uh, the government are allowing competitive games can take place again. So clubs are free to set up their own friendlies um, and clubs, if they want to organise their own mini tournaments, can go with strict conditions. They have to, there's a special form from the Leinster Football Association that has to be completely sent off the Leinster Football Association. For me to get that, we can fill it in. But the Leinster Football Association have said there shouldn't be a problem. So I am aware already of some clubs in Carlow who are looking to have mini tournaments with seven or eight teams over a couple of as pre-season we ourselves are going to be very busy with the over 35s we have last year's semi-finals all fixed for Wednesday the 9th of June so just two days after you're allowed to restart we have the four over 35 cup semi-finals on Sunday the 13th we have the Tretiard Collection League playoff decider and then the following Sunday Sorry, well, on Saturday, the 19th of June, we have the two over 35 cup finals. And then the following weekend, the 25th of June, we're going to be starting a new over 35 league. And we've had a huge interest at the moment. If everybody who's contacted me and asked me for formers to enter, we'd have a record number of teams. We have up to seven or eight new teams looking to join. So I'm hoping that the lockdown encourage people to get back playing sport and that our numbers will actually increase and, uh, and not decrease um, but there's huge interest in the over 35 yeah, I, we had a team ourselves, Castle Warren, for for a year, I believe, and they, you know it was it was good cracking. It was great for the elder members of the club to still feel involved in the club as well. So it's brilliant to see that it's still going ahead. Uh, I noticed in the statement that you say that there's going to be uh, uh, an important league management meeting on Zoom, uh, which is tomorrow on the seventeenth of May. Um, can people expect any more coming from this, or have you released everything that is happening so far? No, I think it's frightening now. It's fixed for Friday night now. The league management meeting is, um, and we just want to discuss with the registration fees for next season. Um, out into them pretty much what I've done to you today, which we've already kind of done in an email. But we just want to meet our secretaries. We haven't seen them for seven or eight months. Uh, we want to go to the ladies' game. Uh, we want to find out if the ladies want to come back early in August. Traditionally, we wouldn't start until the second or third Sunday in October. So again, we want to get the feedback from our clubs. We want to get the feedback from the club on the new Shield-style competition um, and have they any other ideas and things like that. So it's just basically to touch base with all our clubs. There's a lot of queries coming in in terms of registration fees and um, things going forward. So hopefully we'll have a, a full turnout at our meeting on Friday and uh, we'll go well. 
Yeah, fingers crossed, Brian. I'd, I'd love to keep up to date with everything that's going on with the Carlow District League. Hopefully, uh, we can get a Castle Warren team or a few Kilkenny and Carlow friendlies going very, very soon. We played, I think, two Carlow teams last year. We got spanked by one and did well against another. So it's a very competitive league that's going on up in Carlow as well in Kilkenny. We're looking forward to the Shield in August. We're looking forward to seeing what happens and how the season progresses and covering it here on Scoreline. Excellent, and we look forward to having a very busy uh, couple of months with you guys. That's been Scoreline Extra. Thank you very much for tuning in. Your new Clash Act podcast is available with Dan Shanahan. Dan the Man spoke with Eddie Scally. We have the Football Manager Football Show. We have the Knock On podcast. We have so many things. You can go back and listen to all the games that we conducted here at KCLR this weekend on Big Game Live on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the KCLR app, or scoreline.ie. Until then, I've been Shane O'Keefe. Stay safe. Stay safe.